0: Listening to the Up and Under podcast, starting in three, two, one. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Join with me, as always, it's Zisha. Yo. All right, man. So uh, we're now the end of the season's over. We're now officially in the off season, and today, the day that we're recording this, is the first official day of free agency well the, the moratorium. The more at least. Tor-
1: yeah
0: yeah, and it's an exciting day man uh you know to be fair we didn't really plan on making this episode until afterwards but we were like why not you yeah. well, so in this episode we're going to be basically recapping or kind of giving you guys some of our thoughts on the first day of free agency and some of the massive signings and trades that have just gone down <laughs> within the last like what three hours all this stuff has just come up come to us man and it's You gotta love the NBA offseason, man.
1: The NBA offseason is definitely one of the biggest uh, NBA, most fun NBA events of the year. Yeah. Um, I would say the offseason of the NBA probably rivals that of any sport. I think it could be better, honestly. It it probably is the best just because of the fact that the contracts in the NBA are just, you know. Massive. (laughs) Massive and then, you know, very short as well, right? So comparatively to other sports. Yeah. So, yeah, the NBA offseason is always very, very interesting. And, um, you know, this offseason wasn't shaping up to be something too crazy compared to, for example, like previous seasons we've had recently. But it's still been a pretty crazy offseason. This is just being the first three hours of not even the official NBA free agency.
0: Yeah, these are just deals that have been agreed to. Uh, and again, we, again, we're getting detailed as we go along. So if there is some added detail that we do get, I'm going to be, I have Twitter open as well, just in case. Uh, so we will be updating you guys as we see, as we see them. And uh, again, um,
1: we won't be able to get to everything that's happened because it's quite a lot. Um, but we're going to be focusing on some of the bigger ones and then maybe, you know, okay, like talking for a little bit about, you know, some of the smaller, uh, signings and trades that happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once again, if you don't hear, you know, your favorite team's, uh, signings or whatnot, we apologize for that. This is a one hour episode. Yeah. You don't have enough time to cover
0: everything. We don't have a ton of time. But starting us off and just diving right into some, some of the moves, we'll start off with the fir- probably the first move that dropped right at 6 p.m. Uh, today. It was the, the Chicago Bulls actually signing restricted free agent Lonzo Ball to a four-year $85 million contract, uh, which is actually going to be facilitated via a sign-and-trade with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Pelicans would receive Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick. Now, for the Chicago Bulls, man, like this, they were looking for a, a point guard. They were looking for someone to pair with Zach Levine in the backcourt. They still have Kobe White, obviously, but, again, they can use him as more of a bench piece. I know Bulls fans are kind of kind of low on, on Kobe White. I still like the guy, but in terms of getting Lonzo Ball, he definitely works well with what they have going on. He's a player that can, he loves to play make. loves to get guys involved, can spread the floor occasionally. But when you're talking about a guy that can feed Zach Levine, that's something that Lonzo definitely brings to the table here for, for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah,
1: man, it was actually pretty good uh, pickup for the Chicago Bulls. Like you mentioned, he's a guy that can facilitate for the Chicago Bulls, which is exactly what they need with a guy like Zach Levine being there um, as your go-to score, And then as a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop option in the middle with Nikola Vuzovic, right? And he can spread the floor. He can, he can spread the ball around the floor. What he also does for you is on the opposite end of the ball, on the defensive end, he gives you another layer of versatility on the defensive end where, you know, you kind of need some capable point of attack defenders, especially because of the fact that you are relying on Nikola Vuzovic to man the middle. which again, he's gotten better, but he's still not going to be the greatest defender, right? So what you have to be able to focus on is your point of attack defense. And Lonzo Ball really helps in that regard. Zach Levine's you know not a great defender either so you're gonna really need lonzo ball to be that number one defender at times for the chicago bulls where they clearly did not have one last year you know patrick williams is probably gonna be that guy for them moving forward but again, you want somebody at the point of attack, which is what a guy like Lonzo Ball can do for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, even adding Lonzo to some of the young players, like obviously you have Levine, Patrick Williams, Kobe Way, like they have some nice pieces in Chicago. Now, flipping things to the Pelican side of things, obviously, like contract negotiations kind of stalled between Lonzo and the Pelicans. And, you know, I think all accounts were kind of pointing towards Lonzo leaving the Pelicans in free agency. Uh, so at least the Pelicans were able to get something back for Valonzo Ball. Again, it's not the greatest return in the world. Thomas Saturnsky is a s- decent player, but he's not any he's not a world beater. He's not gonna, you know he's not a superstar level player. Garrett Temple again, decent role player for the team. And then the second round pick is I mean the second round pick. Yeah, man, the
1: Pelicans really didn't have any other choices. So the package they received is subpar, but I mean it is something. I would say overall for this move, if we're gonna grade this move First of all, for the Bulls, I think we would give this a, a B-plus for the Bulls. It was you know, it's, not, it's not the greatest move, I think, um, for Chicago especially, but
0: well, it's a pretty good move. I think from the B-plus kind of comes to the point where it's a bit of an overpay for Lonzo Ball because, again, $85 million is about 20, $21 million a season, roughly. And when you're talking about a guy in Lonzo who's had injury concerns, uh, has a bit of inconsistency in his game... Um, is 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 a bit concerning. Again, you're committing that much money to, but considering the market, you know, it's kind of standard nowadays. And then for the Pelicans, we're gonna we're gonna give it a C, just because they really didn't have any many options, you know, out of this out of the situation. So they kind of did what they had to do. I mean, the fact that they recouped anything is still somewhat of a win for the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, continuing on with the Chicago Bulls, who actually just signed right before we recorded this episode. Alex Caruso reportedly to a four-year, $37 million contract. Um, this is also a very interesting signing for the Chicago Bulls and helps them out with their guard depth even further. Um, now we're talking about a trio of, for example, Lonzo Ball, um, Alex Caruso, and Kobe White. Now, Kobe White's future is obviously still up in the air in Chicago. But, you know, having those two guys, Alonzo and Alex Caruso, is actually a very, very solid uh, point guard duo. Ask Russo can do a lot of the same things that Lonzo Ball does. He's a very good, you know, he's a high IQ player. He's not the facilitator that Alonzo Ball is, but he's another guy that you can plug into a floor. He just makes a, the right place. He makes a winning plays. There's a reason why he was a starter in the finals, right? So he makes those winning plays. He helps you out. He brings that energy to the team. And then on the defensive end, he's another guy that can help you out at the point of attack on the defensive end. Um, and can help you, you know, shut down the floor defensively for a team that really struggled defensively last year.
0: Well, yeah, that's kind of where I was focusing on. Like for the defense, I think it helps the Bulls a lot. Honestly, you know, bringing a guy in like Alex Caruso in there, you know, Zishan. I was actually talking about the episode. We weren't even thinking that we thought the Lakers were going to try to retain Caruso, especially with some of the other moves that they made. But Caruso was able to get more money. I'm assuming more money out of the Bulls and probably a bigger opportunity because you know he's going to be on a younger team. He's going to be able to showcase himself a little bit more so than what he would be on a veteran heavy team so definitely a decent move by chicago getting alex caruso man i would
1: give this like an a minus honestly it's a yeah
0: it's an a minus it's not an expensive contract but and you're getting a player who like you said makes the right play and for a young team you know that's that's pretty important
1: i will say this before we move on to the next one as well um chicago's defense was statistically pretty good last year but anyone who watched them can tell they kind of overachieved a bit on that end but you know with these added in players i think their defense will be very solid moving forward
0: yeah absolutely uh which brings us into the next uh, signing that we have to talk about it's gonna be pretty quick because they've only made one move so far but we're going to talk about the cleveland cavaliers uh, actually re-signing the restricted free agent jared allen to five-year 100 million dollar contract um and again like again we even though cleveland drafted evan mobley in the draft still keep retaining a guy like jared allen is definitely important and it definitely makes a ton of sense for them to do so. You know, he's young, he's a modern-day big, he fits what what you know what you want out of a big man in today's game. And it's a pretty friend team-friendly deal in terms of it's only 20 million a season, and you got him locked up for five years. So it's a pretty solid move for Cleveland, and now you have a pretty young solid front court with the Mobley and Jared Allen for the next few years
1: exactly to your point about Evan Mobley you can put him in at, at the four you know you can slot him in at the four and Jared Allen does everything you want from a modern day center not to mention the fact that he won't take up any of the ball you know he won't take up any scoring duties that will fall on Darius Garland um, you know Evan Mobley he he doesn't demand the ball he doesn't need the ball he can play his role be a superb defender on one end be a lob threat on the other and be a rebounder you know so jared allen signing him you know how was he like 23 22 whatever he is he's pretty young he's very very young to lock him in for five years and like you mentioned 20 million dollars a season is pretty standard value for uh today's market for a center like him you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers were able to re-sign him especially since he was a restricted free agent and there were a lot of suitors for him namely our Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Um so for the Cleveland Cavaliers to be able to re-sign Jared Allen I think was a huge move for them. Um and we'll definitely give this a a minus.
0: Yeah, no for sure. And I think again like you mentioned with the Raptors like teams are going to definitely be interested in a player like Jared Allen but he's a restricted free agent and that's the leverage a team has in restricted free agency that They're able to offer the fifth year, and they're able to kind of, you know, pay a little bit more because they have the rights to the player. Mm -hmm. Which brings us into the team that has obviously made the biggest splash in uh, in free agency so far. And for all accounts, they might not even be done.
1: Probably Uh, not, honestly.
0: Probably not. We're going to talk about the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat made a ton of moves. Obviously, the biggest one that they made today was they acquired, they signed Kyle Lowry. Well, they're going to be signing and trading Kyle Lowry for a – uh, Three-year, approximately ninety million dollar deal. Uh, now, obviously, in this, the, the sign and trade details aren't actually official yet. Uh, the I think Toronto is obviously looking for uh, potentially a third partner involved. But the the rumor is that you know Toronto would possibly receive Goran Dragic, who they were probably going to flip to a third team, Precious Achua and a first round pick. That is the reported uh, deal from the Miami's perspective. And man, like. It just makes a ton of sense, man. Like for Miami to go after a guy like Kyle Lowry, who, again, is very close with Jimmy Butler. But also Lowry kind of fits what Miami's trying to build there. You know, he is a veteran point guard, you know, very plays hard on the defensive end. You know, and you know, we've seen Lowry for years, man. He's he he will make any team that he's on better. And I think uh, him going to Miami, man, it just makes so much so much sense for them.
1: Exactly. Like you said, it the, the fit is perfect in Miami. Um, he has great chemistry with Jimmy Butler already. Um, you know, he's Jimmy Butler's, uh, you know, daughter's godfather, or yeah, son's yeah. godfather, whatever it is. Um, so he's he's very close to Jimmy Butler already. And then, you know, the on court fit. You know, he fits the Miami culture. He fits that blue-collar style of, you know, work hard, work hard on the defensive end, go out there and get it. Um, and not to mention the fact that on the offensive end, he's another guy that can stretch the floor for you. He's a guy that's going to be able to facilitate Take over ball handling duties from Jimmy Butler, be able to run that vaunted pick and roll with Bam Adebayo, and he's just gonna be able to work so well within that air exposure offense and defense. So he just makes life so much better for you, um, for the Miami Heat and their championship aspirations moving forward. Not to mention the fact that again, it is only a three-year contract, right? So you yeah. won't you won't be locked into a four or five-year contract per se.
0: And again, like they, it is it is pretty hefty. Like Lowry's making about thirty million dollars per year. But when you think about the value, like Miami, like Pat Riley is basically going all in. He wants to win a championship uh, next season. And I think making a move like this definitely, and some of the other moves we'll actually touch upon, it definitely, you know, makes it so that he has a very good chance of doing so. But, you know, just to touch upon it, you know, obviously as Raptor fans, you know, we clearly have Kyle Lowry and we hold him in high regard. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. And we are going to miss him, obviously, on our team, but we understand that you know he's in a stage. He's in a stage of his career where he should be able to compete for a championship, more multiple championships, and uh, he will always forever be be a raptor. This number seven is gonna be in the Raptors, the Raptors at the at Scotiabank Arena. So and there will be a statue outside of Kyle Lowry of Scotiabank Arena as well. So shout out to Kyle Lowry. Will be missed. Uh, wish him wish him the best in Miami. But speaking of uh, more moves that Mi- the Miami Heat made, uh, another move they made was they re-signed uh, Duncan Robinson. To a five-year, ninety million dollar uh, contract. Honestly speaking, I feel like this was a bit of an overpay for Duncan Robinson. Now, obviously, you know this is going to be about what eighteen million dollars this season, and it's apparently the 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 biggest deal signed by an by an undrafted player. As you as you all know, like I think last a couple last year, a couple years ago, was Fred Van Vliet.
1: Last year, last yeah. year
0: signing a signing a deal to as being the highest by any undrafted player. And now Duncan Robinson is one-upping him a year later. Um, Again, Miami wanted to keep him. He definitely has a great asset to his game, which is the shooting. But I think it's a bit of an overpay from my perspective, at least.
1: Yeah, I think Connie's lower on this re-signing than I am. Now, again, I will agree it might be a little bit of an overpay. But at the end of the day, I think this this is what the market is For a guy of Duncan Robinson's caliber, if you're a top five player at what you do, I think this is the market. You know, Duncan Robinson is a top five, you know, three point shooter. He proved that in the NBA finals two years ago when, you know, for example, teams were doubling him off of curls and whatnot. He was still getting to five, six threes a game. Um, So Duncan Robinson, he's very important for what Miami does, especially given the fact that you have a facilitator at the center spot like Bam Adebayo you have a facilitator like Jimmy Butler um, and we know what Eric Sposer's offense how important Duncan Robinson running off of those screens are running off the top is Um, so I think from Miami's perspective they had to get this deal done now Tani, you know Tawny's point might be a little bit of overpick but this was one of those moves where I think if you're in on a championship right now you you, you swallow yeah. the cost of it, right? Yeah, not
0: to mention, again, because he was a restricted free agent, Miami has a ton of control. So, again, we'd have to grade this as a B, to be honest with you, as, a, as, a, as an overall signing. Uh, the Miami Heat are also expected to sign Jimmy Butler to a four-year, $184 million max extension. Uh, uh, this is a complete win for Miami. This makes a ton, ton of sense. Keep Jimmy for another four years, um, which gives you... Basically, you have a three-year championship window now with Jimmy, Kyle Lowry, uh, and, you know... Bam out of bio. So it's it's definitely a safe bet. And it's, again, no, we don't have to spend a ton of time with this. It's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. You, then You retain your best player.
1: Exactly. And then finally, Miami, he also just signed, uh, a reportedly signed, uh, P.J. Tucker. To, this wait, happened right two before year, we recorded. Yeah, two-year, $15 million contract. Um, this is another great move for Miami. Now, again, P.J. Tucker isn't the same player he once was in, for example, Houston and uh, Phoenix. But he just won a championship. Um, you saw the role he played in that championship run. Um, you know he's not going to put up the points he once was, but he's going to be another veteran player out there for you. He's going to be another tough defender, and not to mention he again is another guy that fits the fits, Miami culture, yeah. right? They get they always get guys that fit their culture, and those blue collar guys that are going to work hard. Listen, is
0: ring chasing now. He doesn't exactly. care. He won, he won one, and he's like, yo, I'm not letting this feeling go ever again. I'm going to keep winning exactly. over and over again. And he'll, he could have gone to any team that he
1: wanted to. Basically. Could have
0: resigned in Milwaukee.
1: Exactly. And, you know, for him to go to Miami, I think that's a great pickup on, for for Miami, and I think it's a great move for PJ Tucker as well. Yeah.
0: One final point on the Miami Heat, though, we, we aren't going to, we for, for the Miami, for the Kyle Lowry, uh, sign and trade. It is going to be an A for the Miami for, as far as the grading for the Miami heat. We're not able to give a gradient for the Toronto Raptors. So we don't know the full extent of their return yet. Uh, so that will be to, we're going to be waiting on that one. But overall, Miami's made some huge moves so far in free agency, um, which brings us over into the next team that we want to kind of talk about a few of their signings, uh, and it's the New York Knicks. Uh, this is going to be fun for me because again, we all know where I stand with the New York Knicks. Uh, so the New York Knicks have a ton of cap space, right? Heading into this offseason, off right, they had a lot of space. They had a, a pretty, had a pretty good year, to be honest with you. But you know what? They decided, okay, we're gonna re-sign New Noel, three years, thirty-two million dollar contract. That's not bad. It's not a bad deal. But it's Nerlens Noel who turned down eighty million. Remember, he's never
1: gonna. Hey, Dennis Schroder is about to be added to that list.
0: Dennis Schroder will probably be added to that list too. But you know what? They re-sign Nerlens Noel. Not bad. They also re signed Alec Burks to a three-year, $30 million contract.
1: That's pretty good.
0: It's pretty good. Again, a pretty affordable, tradable. It's not a bad contract. But then we get to where the real cap space kind of went for for the, for the New York Knicks. So they, they re-signed Derrick Rose to a three-year, $43 million deal. Now, remember, this is $14.3 million over the next three seasons for a player that, again, is beloved by a lot of people, and including us. We do love Derrick Rose. But he has history with injuries, and he's going to most likely be your sixth man. So you you spent $43 million on Derrick Rose. Not a, Again, I don't hate this one as much as the next one. But that's, uh, again, you. that's a lot of money you're throwing at Derrick
1: Rose. Listen, man, Derrick Rose, um, you know, he played a vital role for the New York Knicks. I don't hate the move as much as you because of the fact that Derrick Rose... Uh, Probably was the Knicks' best player. In, no, not probably. He was the Knicks' best player in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, he played a huge role for them, especially even as a sixth man, and then he started eventually in the playoffs. Um, but again, it is $14 million for a guy who does have an injury history. Um, and, you know, it's not... This isn't getting you... This isn't pushing the needle for the New York Knicks, it's not. is
0: what I'm saying. Like, again, so far the Knicks have just re-signed the guys they've had, you know, they, they had last season, which is fine. They had a decent year. But now you get, go out and you sign Evan Fournier to a four-year, $78 million deal. Um, okay, so now you're paying Derek Rose and Evan Fournier a combined $121 million over the next four years. That is a lot of money for a player that, honestly speaking, you could have used this space to go after a bigger guy. You could have gone after, you know, I think maybe you could have given this some of that money to DeMar DeRozan, for instance. Or, like, there were other players out there, but you decided, okay, we're going to just spend this money on Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, and, yeah, there goes all your gasp with New York. Listen,
1: so, man, don't get it twisted. Like, we like Derrick Rose. I like Evan Fournier. Yeah. I, like, they're, bro, they're both good players, man. They're, but these are overpaid. But Evan Fournier getting a $78 million deal, I don't know how I feel about that, man. It's it's He's a good player, but... To give that guy seventy-eight million dollars, again
0: million dollars a year.
1: Again, it's not these moves are not going to push the needle for you, especially exactly. in the market that New York is. You know, New York, New York expects winning results. We know what their fan base is like, and Evan Fournier is not going to push the needle for you. Unfortunately, he's a very good piece to have on a, for example, championship-contending team. But for the New York Knicks, like Honey mentioned, this cap space could have gone somewhere else. So I think in the case of both moves, the Derrick Rose and the Evan Fournier moves, we're going to have to give this a B.
0: Yeah, and a bit of breaking news before we move on. Uh, just a continuation of this kind of the Lonzo Ball kind of situation with the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans are, all, are just are getting are doing a signing trade with Charlotte for respected free agent Devonte Graham. Uh, Devonte Graham will be on a four-year, forty-seven million dollar contract. Uh, you know, that, and of course, and a first-round pick is reportedly heading uh, over to the New Orleans Pelicans. Definitely helps out uh, New Orleans, getting them a point guard now, getting them a, another a shooter to go, you know, to be put next to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Um, so not a, not a bad replacement for Lonzo Ball for New Orleans. And this news just broke by Woj by right now.
1: Yeah, for the Pelicans, I guess, you know, they were rumored to be looking for a bunch of point guards. Um, and it looks like they ended up with Devontae Graham. Now, Devontae Graham, again, he had a little bit, of a down year last year or at least expectation wise but he's definitely still a very nice young point guard to have moving forward um for the pelicans and especially a guy who can score and facilitate uh in that young system so
0: and the cap it's not bad at all i mean again it's four years of 47 million dollars so what is that like around 11 12 million dollars a season yeah it's it's uh, not bad at all
1: it, it's not a bad move for the new orleans pelicans and yeah. i'll give them maybe what the B plus, B plus, yes, B plus. Yeah. I was B plus is
0: kind of what we put it at. Yeah. Uh, which brings us into the next team that we want to talk to. Now, this is again, this is this is the team that we always love, we love and dear. Uh, for it's the Toronto Raptors. Now, the Raptors uh, re-signed Gary Trent Jr. to a three-year, fifty-four million dollar contract. Now, Gary Trent Jr. was a restricted free agent, and he was the big piece uh, the Raptors acquired for Norman Powell at the trade deadline. Uh, and Gary really impressed with the Raptors in terms well, of at least his potential. Immediately. Like and he, his potential. Yeah, is. so immediately he came in. He was hitting his career high in points. He was scoring. He was shooting the ball really well. Obviously, he, he hit a ceiling, kind of plateaued, and kind of fell off closer to the end of the year. But there is no denying the potential with Gary Trent Jr. is there. He's 22 years of age. Uh, he can definitely shoot the ball pretty well, and he can be a very capable defender. Obviously, I think the Raptors want to develop him more as a playmaker. They want to develop more of his mid-range game.
1: And his his finishing, especially and, and
0: his finishing ability. But again, he has shown flashes. This is a bit of an overpay in terms of how much money we actually expected him to be getting. Um, but again, the Raptors—it's a two-year, two-plus-one in terms of. So it's a three-year deal with the last year being a player option. So it's not a very long-term commitment by the Raptors. And for them, they're banking a lot on their on their potential. Like he's a 22-year-old guy who should and could get better so yeah
1: initially that. initially you think the average is 18 million dollars a year averaging uh for gary tran jr it's like i mean we know that's what he wanted as the market um but given the way he performed at the end of the year you know we're saying maybe his value went down but again if you look at the contract it's not that bad it's a two plus one like honey said um it's a very short-term deal and you know again if he outplays his expectations you can possibly bring him back um and obviously the bird rights and whatnot will be involved in that and you know again the end of the season was not great for gay Trent, but we have to also remember the beginning of the you know his Raptors stint where he was hitting 40 plus points where he was hitting his career highs when he's shooting the ball great and you saw all of the potential with him moving forward especially in this young core that the raptors now have um with for example scotty barnes malachi flynn pascal og You know, you add in another guy who can play for you on both ends of the court, who's another tough guy, another hard-nosed guy, another guy that's going to work hard for you. Um, And there's a lot to like moving forward with the Toronto Raptors and Gary
0: Trent Jr. Not to mention with Gary Trent is that, you know, he was obviously brought in at the trade deadline, so he actually hasn't had a full... You know, training camp and kind of a lot, of, a lot of time to really acclimate himself. Not with to the mention
1: they were in Florida too, right?
0: and yeah, so. and they were in Tampa. So I think now next season, hopefully the Raptors are going to be in Toronto. He's going to have a full training camp with the team, uh, learn the system, be have another year in the system. So he should be better next year for the Raptors as well. So in terms of a grade for this one, we, we're going to give it a B plus. Uh, definitely think that it's uh, a pretty good signing for both the Raptors and for Gary Trent Jr. So definitely a pretty decent move by the Raptors. Which brings us into the next team that we want to talk about. Who've been decently busy this offseason. Obviously, we'll get into their bigger move a little later. But the Los Angeles Lakers have been a little busy busy this offseason. Obviously, you know their end to the season last year was pretty disappointing in terms of for any basketball fans. Like, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you're LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you got and you got bounced in the first round. Like,
1: well, again, and the disappointing thing about it too was that we literally did not really see LeBron or AD
0: yeah we didn't see any of those two stars playing so the Lakers really needed to retool and kind of regroup uh obviously they lost some depth in a move they made which again we'll talk about uh but they're now trying to recoup some depth so the first player they obviously went out and signed was Trevor Ariza they signed him to a one-year deal now Ariza reportedly was last time he was on the Lakers he won a championship with them uh, but again, Ariza apparently had a beef with LeBron and he never wanted to be his teammate, apparently. So. Yeah, well, the the
1: whole beef between Trevor Ariza and LeBron was pretty funny because of the fact that just the trajectories of their careers. But, you know, Trevor Ariza has built out a great career for himself, um, respectfully, in the NBA. Um, he's another guy that every team wants. Uh, especially veteran-heavy teams who are trying to contend for a championship. He's another 3D guy, veteran guy that you can plug into a system. Not to mention, like you said, he's already been part of the LA Lakers before and won um, the championship with them back in 2009 with Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. So Trevor Reason now joining that core of LeBron and AD. Um, It's definitely a, you know, a pretty solid pickup for the Los Angeles Lakers, especially as they're, like you mentioned, they're trying to recoup some depth. They also signed Wayne Ellington to a one-year deal. Um, And Wayne Ellington, coincidentally, is also going back to the LA Lakers. And so is the next guy we're going to talk about. All three of them are all returning to the LA Lakers, um, where they once played at one point or another. Now, Wayne Ellington, um, his values kind of dropped a little bit in the last couple of years um, from where he was at in his Miami days. You know, if you if you remember, he was one of the most coveted shooters um, during his Miami stint, and he was great for them. Again, he's not the same player he once was, uh, but he still he can still shoot the ball very well. Um, and that's literally what the Lakers, the Lakers need shooting. They need shooting bad, bro. Like yeah. previous to these signings, the um, Los Angeles Lakers' best three point shooter was LeBron James. Again, LeBron's become a pretty good three point shooter. Um, at this point in his career, but to have LeBron as your best three point shooter, it doesn't, not it's not great. It's not great. No, it's not so great. So, for Wayne Ellington, for them to be able to pick up Wayne Ellington, again, it's probably going to be a very cheap, you know, I think it's a bad deal.
0: man, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and another guy that, again, Zisha alluded to, the Lakers brought back was Dwight Howard. Obviously, they, it was a mistake for them to let Dwight walk in free agency last year after help him helping them win a championship. Uh, you know, honestly speaking, like, Dwight Howard was. A major part of the lakers rotation really gave them energy off the bench gave them a deep you know an anchor on at least at the center spot and that was a big weakness for the lakers this past season you know they didn't really have anyone to fill the void that JaVale mcgee and dwight howard left because the lakers just let them walk in free agency so getting dwight back is obviously rectifying that and correcting that mistake by letting him walk in the first and course.
1: not to mention like you said he was a high energy guy not just on the court for you but off the court, you could really tell the Lakers missed some of that chemistry that guys like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard played in that locker room. And that's why you need guys like that in those locker rooms for to, to go and get championships. Those guys are very, very important. And for them to be able to bring him back, especially when he clearly wanted to stay in L.A. all along, yeah. um, you know, is a pretty solid uh, pickup for the Lakers.
0: Yeah. So moving on into the next team, obviously we're going to have to talk about the Runner-up of the 2021 season, the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns their first move that what they they they, they re-signed Chris Paul to a four-year deal worth uh, 120 million dollars. So obviously, that's 30 million dollars a season. I mean, again, Chris Paul was just changed, like, gave them that extra boost that they needed to get themselves to go on this ma- magical run, playoff run that they did. You know, um, again, obviously the Phoenix Suns fell short in the in the NBA Finals, but. There's no denying they would not have been there had Chris Paul not have been on that team. So, bringing him back on a cheaper cap hit than what he was on on his previous deal, uh, is pretty pretty solid deal. I just my only concern is the four years. Yes. So I that's guess.
1: well, that's exactly what I was gonna bring up, right? For the Phoenix Suns perspective, yes, you have to bring back Chris Paul, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, he helped you reach your first final since 1993. Yeah. However, that four-year deal with 30 million dollars each season especially for a guy that's had a massive injury history especially a very inopportune injury history yeah um is not great and now again this season he was relatively more healthy than than he had been previously but we once again saw the injury bug hit him in the playoffs yeah. and he was able to play through it and play spectacularly through it uh but again it didn't help the phoenix suns when he would miss those couple of games or, you know, those possessions where he had to take off in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, from the Phoenix Suns perspective, this was kind of something you had to do. However, again, the years and the amount.
0: To be fair, I think CP3 wanted the four years to be honest with you. If i like thinking from his perspective, I think yeah. he would have wanted that long. No, it's a great security.
1: contract for Chris Paul for sure.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny how he's making like Chris Paul makes the same amount of money as Kyle Lowry, but apparently he's not as good as Kyle Lowry. But Kyle Lowry has one more rings than Chris Paul. So, yes, we're still having that debate. Like, oh, I
1: think it's the other way around.
0: Like, it's 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 kind of funny now. Uh, but speaking of giving Chris Paul some rest and hopefully keeping him a little bit healthy, the Phoenix Suns also re signed. Cameron Payne to a three-year, $19 million deal.
1: Shout-out campaign. Shout-out
0: campaign. Honestly speaking, we, us included, we were kind of dogging on him, you know, you know, because he was he, he was looking to be an NBA journeyman, going from team to team. He found a home for himself in Phoenix, really played his ass off, uh, and really played well, performed well in the playoffs, which was so huge for Phoenix. He put up a lot of great playoff experience, moments for the Phoenix Suns, really helped them actually off the bench, you know, just creating a spark when they needed it. Uh, and it was pretty impressive to see. Yeah, that.
1: man, Cameron Payne deserves all this money that he's getting, you know, especially from where he was at a few years ago in Chicago, for example, where, yeah. you know, he was known as the worst player in the league to come to Phoenix last year in the bubble to have the performance that he did to end off the season for Phoenix. And then in this year, to be that stabilizing presence off the bench and then to up that production in the playoffs even further and be that energy spark for Phoenix um, to be a defensive tough player tough uh tough-minded guy for phoenix and then you know play great on the offensive end as well um you know cameron Payne definitely deserves the money that he's getting one more addition that the phoenix suns also made is signing javel mcgee to a one-year five million dollar uh deal and again this is just another good pickup for the phoenix suns another death piece it's you know another locker room guy that can you know bring energy
0: it's insurance in case of you know, an injury to what what would happen in the in the playoffs with Dario Saric. Exactly. You know, now you have a capable standard to bring off the bench to give DeAndre a much needed rest uh, because they're gonna, they're gonna need him. And you
1: you really saw how much the Phoenix Suns struggled without Dario Saric. Yeah. It was a massive difference to not have that one guy off of the bench who can back up DeAndre. Ayton. Again,
0: Frank Kaminsky did his best, but he's Frank Kaminsky. So you got to bring in a player that has some experience that knows his role and Javel McGee again he's three-time champion JaVale McGee so we got to we got to show him that respect uh, bringing us into JaVale McGee's former team the Denver Nuggets uh, the Nuggets made some pretty decent moves uh you know obviously heading into this offseason again they the previous season last season was pretty injury riddled for them uh, Nikola Jokic won MVP which is fantastic for him but in terms of their their team it was just riddled by injury so they- and listen
1: man for them the the main priority for them was to just try and run it back you know their team was Looking to win a championship last season, and like Hani said, the injuries just decimated that completely. So their main priority, again, just running back.
0: Running back, and exactly. They re-signed Jermichael Green, which was the first move that they did, to a two-year $17 million deal. I got no issues with the deal, to be honest. Jermichael Green played very well for them. He's Um, been
1: a good player in his career.
0: He's been a good player, and again, this is not a bad deal. This is, what, $8 million a season? $8.5 million a season? I can't complain about that, that, that money at all for Jermichael Green. Uh, again it's a very movable deal as well so in case they do need to move it they can uh, they also re-signed Will Barton to a two-year 32 million dollar contract a steal of a contract for the Denver Nuggets I mean this was a very team-friendly deal like you're talking about a player in Will Barton that was one of your bet one of your better players in this season and the fact that this guy only signed for what less than what 14 15 million dollars a season
1: oh uh, it's 16 million dollars a season but it's only two
0: years yeah 16 mil for two years is. Well, the
1: main reason why he had to take that small contract and he did want a, he did get a pay raise. He did get a slight pay raise, but obviously he was looking for, you know, one of those four year 60, maybe $60 million contracts. I would guess is what he was looking for. Unfortunately, the injuries throughout Will career have pretty much hampered his production. Um, otherwise, he's been a great player since he got to Denver. Um, and then Denver Nuggets also signed Jeff Green to a two-year $10 million deal to round off uh, today's day. And again, this is just another good pickup in for the Denver Nuggets. Jeff Green really showed up for the Brooklyn Nets last year. He's always been one of, I think, the most talented guys in the league for sure. Um, unfortunately his production has just never been able to match up to his talent but he's always been a very good veteran presence for many of the teams that he's been on Um, and this will just continue moving forward for the Denver Nuggets they're officially now in win now mode um, and they're just filling in the roster with uh, you know those guys
0: speaking of another like another breaking signing for the Denver Nuggets was actually they re-signed Austin Rivers to a one-year deal Uh, again it's most likely going to be a minimum type of deal but again uh, Austin Rivers played pretty well for Denver. He was a what a buyout pickup that they picked that they got, and really helped them, especially when they when Jamal Murray got hurt. They really needed to pick up. He really game.
1: saved them in some playoff games. He, it, was, he was very good for them.
0: He was very good for them. So obviously, bringing him back definitely helps to, helps them run it back even more. Uh, bringing us into the next few signings. Obviously, the first one, the Utah Jazz. Uh, they signed Mike Conley to a three-year, seventy-two and a half million dollar contract. I got no issues with the deal. To be honest with you, I think this is a pretty fair deal. About $23 to $25 million a season. I honestly thought this was something that Kyle Lowry was going to sign for, but Mike Conley ended up doing it anyways. But I think it's a very good deal for the Utah Jazz and for Mike Conley.
1: Yeah, man. The Utah Jazz pretty much had no options at this point um, except to do this deal with Mike Conley. And, you know, they, they have no options outside of that. So for Mike Conley, he obviously wants to... He, he's a guy that wants to stay in the same situation, and not to mention the fact that Utah is looking to compete now for a championship, and Mike Conley is a huge part of that. So for Mike Conley and for the Utah Jazz, it works out well for both of them. Now again, the injuries with Mike Conley is a problem at this point, um, and you know he's he, that's that one impediment for them moving forward, uh, especially to contend for a championship. However, again, for both sides I think there wasn't that many choices um and
0: but it's pretty fair in terms of what they've come to it's a pretty fair contract yeah. uh and again it's not anything long term and it's pretty movable as well so not a bad move by the Utah Jazz, uh which brings us into the final team we kind of want to talk to at least for the time being until there's more news that comes out but we want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks and some of their signings obviously the best sign this is the best signing of the offseason hands down uh the Dallas Mavericks re-signed uh, Boban Marjanovic to a one-year deal, because Boban's just a savage, he's just going to take one-year deal, then, you know, you know, he's, he's a go man. A-plus, A-plus, plus, 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 plus signing, bro. He needs to go. You got to bring back I Boban. mean,
1: listen, he started for them in the playoffs. Um, he played a huge role for them, and he's definitely one of the best locker room guys in the league as Absolute well. Best. So, you know, it, it definitely made sense for the Dallas Mavericks to re-sign him. Um, The big one that happened for them is they re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. on a four-year $74 million contract. Now, this is relatively the same amount of money that he was making uh, previously last year. He did say he wanted a pay raise. He didn't get a pay raise, but he definitely got a long-term contract for pretty much the same amount of money. And this makes sense from both sides' perspectives, again... The Dallas Mavericks need Tim Hardaway Jr. They need that secondary scorer, especially if Chris Porzingis is not going to be that guy moving forward. Um, and then for Tim Hardaway Jr., he had a career year next to next to a facilitator like Luka Doncic. So again, we've seen the high points of Tim Hardaway's Tim Hardaway Jr.'s career. We've seen the low points. Um, and again, he wants to be, I think, for himself, maximized as much as possible, and that. The arguably the best situation for him at this point in his career is to stay with the uh, Dallas Mavericks and to play with Luka Doncic.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's had some of his best years of his career playing in Dallas, and it makes total sense for for, the, for him to stick around in Dallas. And, again, he he signed for pretty again pretty much the same money that he was making before, which, again, helps Dallas a lot, especially if they want to make some other moves uh, in, in this offseason. Speaking of another move that the Dallas Mavericks made, again, another signing that happened right before we hit record, Uh, Reggie Bullock signed a deal with the Dallas Dallas Mavericks. It was a three-year deal worth about $30.5 million. Honestly speaking, I I like the signing. I do. Reggie Bullock is a a shooter, uh, can really shoot the ball well. Again, another floor spacer for Luka Doncic uh, Uh, and relatively affordable as well.
1: Yeah, and he's a good defender as well. Um, He was definitely one of the most important locker room guys for the New York Knicks last year. Um, and he, he just brought that veteran presence. He brought that tough presence uh, to the New York Knicks, which they really needed. And he was one of their leaders in that locker room, like I just said. Um, so he, for the Dallas Mavericks, you're going to get uh, another two-way guy that can shoot the ball, who can space the floor, who can play well next to Luka Doncic, and who's also going to help him out in the locker room moving forward. So I think this was just a very good pickup for the Dallas Mavericks. It's on a 10-year, you know 10-year, t- uh, $10 million
0: yeah, per year, pretty much. It's a it's it was it's a pretty good signing. But overall, these were some of the, si- the the most notable signings that we wanted to bring up that have happened so far. Uh, again, more will ha- probably happen by the time this episode's out there. But these are some of the ones that we did want to talk about in this episode. Finally, to kind of end off this this crazy episode, we want to talk about some of the trades that actually happened over this past week, uh, and there was a lot of big ones. The first one that we want to talk about is the. Probably the biggest trade that we that Definitely happened. Definitely the biggest. Definitely the biggest. It's the Los Angeles Lakers trading for Russell Westbrook uh, from from the Washington Wizards. So obviously the Lakers get Russell Westbrook, a 2024 second round pick, and a 2028 second round pick. And the Washington Wizards receive Kyle Kuzma, Montrez, Harrow, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, the 22nd pick in the 2021 draft, which they used to draft Isaiah Jackson, uh, who, who went was, to the Pacers, who was then flipped over to the Pacers. Uh, but the the Lakers pretty much gave up all their depth. <laughs> um, they gave up on Kyle Kuzma, which I kind of agree with. Uh, they let they finally let KCP go. Uh, they they traded away Montrezl Harold to get Russell Westbrook. Now, you know this is just such a Lakers move to make. Go out, get a huge name, get an LA native star player in Russell Westbrook. Who cares about fit? They'll figure it out. And that's where we're kind of at. The Lakers got Russell Westbrook with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis, sound really cool, except out of those three, LeBron is the best shooter. (laughs) Which
1: Again, before the moves that they made today, LeBron was the best three-point shooter on the team. Now, if you go back to last year's playoffs, the one reason why they struggled mightily was because they had absolutely no shooters. Now, for the Lakers, you give up your best three-point shooter by far in Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You ship him out, not to mention the fact that he was a great defender for you as well. And you add Russell Westbrook. Now again, like Holly mentioned, the f- the names are great. You know, it sounds superstar. It sounds Hollywood. All of that. Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. The one, the one thing about this team is they're gonna have to run, and they will run. They will be devastating in transition, no doubt about that. But when you get to the playoffs, the playoffs all are are all about half court games. Now again, if there's anybody that can make this work, it's LeBron James. But LeBron James is not superhuman. Okay, LeBron James is not gonna be able to run this team to perfection unfortunately and when you have a guy like russell westbrook also clogging up space for you um it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a good fit unfortunately i do not believe in this move especially when you look at the fact that how how the lakers actually defended russell westbrook two years ago in the playoffs teams are gonna do the exact same thing to the la lakers especially now when you have Anthony davis um you know a 27 percent shooter last year from three and you know the the model to defend LeBron has always been doubling him. So when you, you double LeBron, um, when LeBron's doubled for you as Lakers, who are you going to kick it out to? And you know the only options they have right now are guys like Wayne Ellington and Trevor reese It's not great for the Lakers.
0: Yeah, other like listen, like again, Russell Westbrook will definitely help the Lakers in the regards of getting a guy who can score and get to the, and you know just get to the get buckets while LeBron's on the bench. And I definitely think that's a big help for the Lakers. But in terms of his fit with LeBron and AD on the court, it just doesn't make a ton of sense uh, in terms of how they're going to make this work. Uh, obviously, I think Russ is going to have to handle the ball. You can't have him as a spot-up shooter. I think the pick-and-roll with him and Anthony Davis would probably be the best bet uh, in terms of what they're going to use as an offensive But again, if everyone weapon. can
1: help off of their men's on pick-and-rolls, yeah. what are your pick-and-rolls going to be?
0: Yeah, and, but that also could mean that they're going to kind of alleviate some pressure on LeBron, making him more of a spot-up guy. That could be a possibility but again in terms of just its sheer fit it just doesn't make a ton of sense uh for the lakers to have made this move. the
1: one side note is that this officially means anthony davis is gonna have to run at center because there's no way he can run at power forward with this lineup he has to be a center pretty yeah. much full-time flipping things over to the washington wizards and what they got for russell westbrook i think this was probably the best package they could have gone for a guy like russell westbrook whose value again he was great for the Wizards and everything he meant for them last year. But again, his value around the league is not great. He's on a huge contract. Um and he's a I'm surprised they moved it. Right? I'm
0: surprised they found They were able it.
1: to they were able taken, they were able to move John Wall, a dead contract like John Wall's, for pretty much a young player in Kyle Kuzma, who, despite the fact that he's made a lot of mistakes in his career, he's another young guy that has a lot of potential. He does have a lot of potential. You move uh you also got a former six man of the year in Montrezl Hero who can, at the very least, put up, like, 15 points a game for you. You've got a nice 3D player like Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, and so, again, they can turning... They
0: flip these guys, too.
1: Exactly. So, turning, turning in essence, John Wall into this package,
0: pretty solid. It's not bad. It's, it's not a bad return. Obviously, again, we all know how I feel about Kuzma. But I think Kuzma out of L.A., I think... You know, he he could he does have some potential. Maybe he'll be developed actually, given opportunity to develop. So hopefully he'll get that opportunity. Obviously, Montrez Harrell just did not work for the Lakers at all. I think he will probably be flipped again. If I'm not, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, the Wizards might flip him or they might keep him. Uh, and so same thing with KCP. So again, the Wizards can still make more moves. I'm just still among the among the perspective that I think the Wizards should trade Bo and just completely tear it down, but. For whatever reason, B.O. just loved Washington.
1: At the very least, they were able to pull off a job to get off John Wall and Russell Westbrook's money. Yeah, pretty solid. Pretty, but pretty I solid. think for the Lakers' perspective, I would give them what do you say? B minus. Uh, that was, what, I, that was what I was leaning yeah, towards. Yeah. Okay, so B minus for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'd say maybe a B plus. B B plus for the Wizards. Overall, not a great trade. You know, very splashy trade, but not a great trade overall. It's definitely a
0: Hollywood trade.
1: Yeah. Which moves us
0: into the next trade. Now, this trade... It was surprising. It was a little surprising, especially considering, you know, the the things these two teams were looking for. Now, it's a trade between the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, the Grizzlies were able to get Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, the number 10 pick, which they drafted Zaire Williams uh, with, the 40th pick in the draft, which was Jared Butler, who was traded to the Utah Jazz, And a 2022 first round pick, which actually belonged to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pelicans received Jonas Valanciunas. The 17th pick in the draft was Trey Murphy. The 51st pick, which was BJ Boston, who was then flipped over to the Clippers. Um, And it was just just an interesting move. So the only thing that I kind of got out of it was the Pelicans wanted to get get cap space. Obviously, trying to make a move for like a Kyle Lowry or, you know, a point guard. So they wanted to get rid of the Steven Adams deal. They already didn't like Eric Bledsoe. So getting rid of both, those two deals made a ton of sense. Now, obviously, they needed to give the Grizzlies an incentive to take on the extra money. So the 10th pig makes sense there. But then they had to give up JV. Now, obviously, I think Memphis liked JV. I think they liked what he was able to bring for them. But in terms of, you know, what you know, getting Steven Adams, I think it's a pretty good consolation prize. I think he'll work really well with John Morant um uh, i don't know what they'll do with bledsoe they might flip him they might keep well him.
1: the the report is that eric bledsoe is not even gonna report to memphis and memphis is looking to trade eric bledsoe immediately okay. yeah so eric bledsoe again like you said was the guy was another guy for uh the new Orleans pelicans to try and deal all of his money for um i would say this was just a very surprising move overall given the fact that jv had such a good year for the memphis grizzlies um, and for them to let him go like that is very surprising. Now they again, they must have really liked Zaire Williams a lot um, f- to give up JV, and not to mention, like you said, you know, getting Stephen Adams as a consolation prize is pretty solid. Again, the contract's a bit more hefty, um, but you know, in terms of production, you can get a lot of the same production that you did from Jonas Valanciunas. Obviously, the offensive production's not going to be the same, but but for
0: the, but for the Pelicans though. I'm under, trying to figure out how JV fits with Zion Williamson. And that's the part that's confusing to me. It's just like...
1: Now, again, JV can space the floor a bit better Sure, Stephen Adams.
0: Sure, but in terms of... He's pretty much a similar player to Steven Adams. Uh, and I would say worse defensively than Steven Adams, honestly. Um, yeah, this is just a really weird move. I think Memphis definitely won the trade, in my opinion, at least. I'd have to give Memphis maybe like a B for the move, because I think it's... It's not bad. They definitely got some some value, but for the Pelicans, I'd have to say it's a C C+. So it's a C plus to a B minus. I'm really. I would say B minus. Maybe a B again, B minus.
1: it was it was very. I think evenly even even trade for both teams, but it wasn't. I don't. I wouldn't say it was a great team. For, a, a great trade for both teams. Yeah. Um. I guess this is one of those deals that we might have to see moving on, like yeah. moving forward next year and the years beyond. Um. But yeah, it was just a very interesting trade, I think.
0: Definitely an interesting move. A couple of breaking news, obviously, before we get into the final couple of trades that we have. Uh, we have a few signings. The first one is Blake Griffin has agreed to a one-year deal to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn's just running it back, so who really, gives, who really cares? But the more important one, uh, Norman Powell uh, has agreed to a five-year, $90 million contract to return to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, you don't want to know something funny? You don't want to know the annual cap hit for this? It's $18 million a season. So it was literally as much as Gary Trent Jr. got. Um, honestly, the difference is Gary Trent
1: Jr. is a lot younger than Norman Paul.
0: But this is also a five-year deal versus what Gary Trent signed for, which was a two, essentially a two-year deal. Uh, but for Norm, again, he gets the long-term security. He, he definitely got a significant pay raise than what he was already getting. And he gets, uh, obviously, a bigger, maybe a bigger role in Portland as well. So not not bad for Norman Powell not bad for the Portland Trail Blazers also didn't really have a ton of money to work with to begin with so clearly you know Norm decided he like he liked Portland he wanted to stay there and he committed 5 years to that team so again
1: this was a very expected move to yeah. happen so again we we've talked about this before as well so it's not a surprising move um but you know it's a good bring back for the Portland Trail Blazers yeah. um the next trade that we're going to talk about quickly is the Josh Richardson trade so this was a very standard very simple trade. The Dallas Mavericks received Moses Brown and in return the Boston Celtics received Josh Richardson. Now, Moses Brown originally was traded to the Boston Celtics in the Kemba Walker trade, and now the Celtics are flipping him over for Josh Richardson. Now the interesting thing about this is that Josh Richardson's value is completely tanked from what it once he's was. Gone. And it's kind of sad really because he's looked at as one of the best 3 and D players moving forward um, in his young career, but it just hasn't happened. It hasn't clicked for him in his career. Um, injuries also
0: played a part. In injuries it.
1: have played a part in it, yes. Um, for the Dallas Mavericks to get a young player like Moses Brown, who really shined at the end of the season for OKC, oh, yeah.
0: he was in the Al Horford deal. Yeah.
1: So for 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 them to get a you know a player like him, um, who has a lot of potential, who really shined to end off the season. Um, You know, moving forward for the Dallas Mavericks, I think is very interesting. And for the Boston Celtics, again, they're trying to compete right now. And Josh Richardson, again, a guy guy that you can slot in, but, you know, the perception of him, I think, is better than the product you usually
0: get. I mean, he's definitely going to be cheaper than Evan Fournier, which I think is what this was a replacement of. So, not bad for the Celtics. I think the Celtics could help Josh Richardson out a little bit. So, it might not be all bad for the Boston Celtics. Which brings us into the final trade. Now, this trade is just kind of funny all around, I think. Uh, it is the trade between the, the Sacramento Kings, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Boston Celtics. So, the Sacramento Kings, they received Tristan Thompson because uh, the Celtics just dumped him. Um, it was kind of funny because Tristan Thompson could have signed in Toronto, but he decided to go to Boston. And this is what Boston does to you, by the way. They don't like they have no remorse. They, if they don't like you, they'll get rid of you. Uh, so, Tristan Thompson obviously was traded to the Kings. Um, the Kings obviously flipped along right to the Atlanta Hawks which I actually kind of like, the Celtics ended up getting Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, and the 2023 second-round pick. So in terms of this deal, it really was not like cap finagling and kind of moving some players around. Obviously, you know, Tristan Thompson just went to the Kings. I think it's just insurance if they lose Rashawn Holmes. DeLon Wright going to the Hawks, I actually really like in terms of bringing some defense behind Trey Young. Uh, And Boston getting Chris Dunn. I kind of like that as well for them, you know
1: again this is a very deep cut trade so it's not anything flashy but you know it's another it's another one of those trades that help each team's benches out a little bit more so for the Celtics getting a defender like Chris Dunn um you know works well for them the Hawks receiving a vet at this point a veteran point guard in Delon Wright also works well for them and the King's receiving you know, another insurance policy at the big man's spot like Tristan Thompson, unless obviously they wanna flip him and they can do so, get something back in return for him. So again, this is a very deep cut trade, nothing crazy, but you know. We thought we'd we it. I
0: thought we'd it. But yeah, those were kind of all the moves that have happened so far uh, in day one of free agency. Very heavy
1: episode. Very
0: heavy episode. A lot of things... Like, things will still keep coming. Like, I'm still refreshing Twitter, just trying to make sure things... Like, we don't miss anything. But, yeah, definitely a very interesting and very eventful uh free agency so far we'll keep you guys updated in our, in our next episodes obviously with more signings and more of our thoughts so definitely stay tuned for that but if you guys enjoyed this episode definitely subscribe to the show and all the various podcasting platforms you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher radio youtube basically wherever you can find a podcast you can find us with the Under podcast also, check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at up N under Podcast, facebook.com slash upandunderpodcast for all the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or a reaction to news, like crazy free agent signings as they occur. So definitely check that out. Also, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. So if you don't have time to listen or watch the full episode, you can read about it on our website. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so already. And yeah, man, like I mentioned, we're going to be continuing our free agency and off-season coverage. Uh, so, stay tuned for future episodes with more signings, hopefully, that will be coming maybe in the next hours. That was Probably, at, yeah. at this rate. Uh, Woj and Shams are going to be exhausted by the end of this. Yeah. But, yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We'll see you guys all on the next one. Take it easy.
1: Easy.